episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events, and you'll see the Arena logo front and centre on the fastest swimmers race suits they just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts and let them know that Off The Block Swimming Podcast sent you. Australia in four, the United States in five. Off, Mackenzie at the bottom, stubborn to Schlanger in six, then to the yellow lane, Henry. Green start, Newell's got into the water quickly, but so did Joyce. Was short of Germany, was away well. They'll go to the wall all together. Pick that one. Bloomer at back ahead of Manuel and Erich Amenya. What a shot, Peterson stumps her authority on another 200 Bristol. Now Henry is starting to come out now. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shannon Rollison podcast for another week. I'm your host, Robbie Cox, joined by the man himself, Mr. Shannon Rollison. Shannon, how are you, mate? Good, Robbie. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. I'm I'm running off a bit of uh, not a lot of sleep. I went to see The Undertaker last night. So if any for anyone out there, this is more for the older the, the older listeners to the podcast. If you remember old school wrestling and The Undertaker, um, he came and did a bit of like a, a one-man show where he told old stories of behind the scenes of the old days and uh, old bar stories and drinking stories and all sorts of different stuff. So it was good fun, but I didn't get home till pretty late. And uh, so I'm, and I got up this morning and coached, which I haven't done on a Thursday for a while. So we're trying to get ready for nationals. So I've upped my game, Shannon. We're doing Thursday morning sessions as well. So yeah, I'm running off a bit of uh, not a lot of sleep. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, the winery went well. Uh, pizzas were great. Didn't matter. There was four of us, and um, oh, actually, there was six of us. Um, and uh, so we had like five pizzas, and they were all good. They're all brilliant, you know. Yeah. And uh, all the wine was good, so that was good. And um, I'm not sure. Just that uh, you know, we talked about I think last week the grass update. David uh, wanted to know. Yes. Hey, I think my grass felt the love and it looks even better this week. 
Felt the love. It's greened up. It's greened up. It, it knew. It knew that it was being spoken about and it wanted to show off. <laughs> so, What's uh, the weather like down there, Shannon? Because it's about to be like 40 degrees up here today. and Yeah, 34, which is, you know, that's not too bad. But, yeah, it is hot for um, just the last two days. Yesterday was 32. Today's 34. I think we're back in the 20s on the weekend, 28. Yeah. So yeah, Too hot. Too hot. And for anyone listening, this this office slash studio does not have air conditioning. Does not. So because I'm a professional, I close the windows and make sure everything tries to stay quiet. And so I just sit here and sweat like a pig the whole time. So every week as soon as we're done and I say goodbye to Shannon, I open the windows, I open the doors, I run out, I get my shirt off. Luckily, by the way, it's an office by myself for everyone. <laughs> Try to just cool myself down. Uh, if my wife was here, she'd report me to HR anyway. Just <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's um, it's it's going to be a hot one. So for everyone out there, stay hydrated, uh, stay out of the sun. But no, um, mate, we've we've got um, a couple of things to talk about today, and obviously the the title of the podcast today is building a successful um, program, which we'll get to in a minute. And to why. I can't remember if we touched on this subject before, Shan. I feel like we have, but, I mean, it would have been a while ago. Um, our mate Brett Hawke put up a poll through the week to try and uh, get 50-metre form stroke events into the Olympics. Oh, yeah. I feel like we did talk about this um, a while ago, like a while, a while ago, when we were talking about what, what events you could put in, take out, whatever. Um, what's what's your thoughts? Fifty meter form events at at the Olympics. Um, well, I think that the biggest issue is going to be number of athletes. So, um, yeah, oh, yeah. If they're in, they're in. If they're not, they're at the worlds. So you can, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you can still swim at the highest level over those distances. Um, yeah, I think sport in general's got to be careful of trying to be everything to everyone. And um, I'm a traditionalist, so you know, if I had to go either way, I'd probably say, "Nah, just leave it at the worlds." Um, so and, you probably would have taken out the women's fifteen hundred and men's eight hundred as well. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So um, and I and while we're on the subject. I, I think there's too many sports at the Olympics. I think there's too many sports at the Commonwealth Games and, ah, oh, no more Commonwealth Games. So uh, I, I just think you, you keep going down this track where you're bringing in the, the professional sports, yeah, so, it's, something's going to break and that's what happened with the Commonwealth Games. So, you know, I'd be happy to just go back to traditional Olympic sports. <laughs> I know that's not where we started, but back in the old days, what are we? We're, we're getting, we're going right back. Yeah, back so, well, original. let's just, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the, yeah, athletics, swimming, cycling, cycling. Yeah, that's another biggie in that. Of, of, rowing. Yeah, rowing's good. Um, I know yeah, what you mean. Though. They like, had skateboarding. They're they're at, they're yeah, even looking no, at other I mean, ones. Yeah, you know, I think you know. Is soccer an Olympic sport? 
Yeah, it's in there. I, like, I know it is, but is it? 23s or something. That should be yeah. out. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the World Cup's bigger, isn't it? You know, yeah. they've, they've got their big stadium. Basically, I think the golden rule is if it, if your pinnacle is, is another event, then you can't be at the Olympics. So te- tennis is out because Wimbledon's the pinnacle. Well, that's what I was going to say about tennis too. Like you find a lot of the champions probably go around once just to say, just to win it, just to say they're an Olympic champ, but they don't really put it on the on nah. the calendar often, do they? They sort of tick a box. I think yeah. they all go through it once just to to win, and they've ticked yeah. the box. But you never really see them put it as a high priority. Nah. So um, yeah. So so I, that's where I stand on it. So traditional. How traditionally we're talking? We're talking back to the very first. Oh, time not nudity. <laughs> I tell you, it might bring the fans back. It just might bring <laughs> the fans back. Um, but no, I'm, I'm with you. There's it's just too much. And they're talking about video games at the Olympics too, or di- like just different. Yeah. All too many different things. So no, I just thought. Um, Brett had put it up and it was topical and, and let's be I, to be fair, I don't really mind. It doesn't really bother me seeing fifty breaststrokers. Like yeah. if we're gonna put a fifteen hundred women's and, and eight hundred men's, which I don't really necessarily think we need. No. Then especially those heats you've got to sit through of the of the fifteen hundred women's for the heat whatever it is of the girls who I don't know how they qualified. I'd rather give me a 50 breaststroke or a 50 fly instead for heats if we're going to sit through it. What's well, going? Is it? It's already an eight day meet, isn't it? Hmm. Is it eight day meet? It's already long enough. Yeah. And when are you going to make days. it? In the end, it'll end up the whole two weeks is swimming as well. Well, isn't it going up to nine? So, anyway, I mean, that's hard enough as it is. So, putting more in. Yeah. No, don't, oh yeah, I don't really mind the fifties, but I take your point that you know, how many more? What else can you put in there? Um, so yes, all right. No, there we go. Got your thoughts. I think we have covered that before. I think we touched on it because I've tried, tried to get you to think about: can we add any more events or come up with something innovative and different? And you're like, no, keep it the same. <laughs> no innovations. Keep it the same. What number is this episode? Have we been of our podcast like fifty six or something? Oh, is that all? I thought we'd be in the 60s by now. Oh, I think we're close. We just, we have breaks, you know. You know we just, we work, we work, and then we go, nah, let's not do it for a while. And I like that. <laughs> I like that. I think it's, I, I like the freedom in that. Just going, <laughs> nah, having a break. Then I'll text you. You ready to go again? You're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Which is better than the original text. Before he used to text me back, you sure you want to keep doing this? <laughs> Now he goes, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So uh, I must have won him over eventually. But, no, we're getting there. I think overall for off the blocks in terms of episodes um, starting from 2018, it's up over 300 or something crazy. Yeah. Massive. Yeah, I talk too much. It's my problem. I talk too much. Um, Now, today's episode, as I said, we're talking about building programs, um, building successful clubs and programs. And this is all off the back of the uh, the big announcement. Um, just was it yesterday or the other day, Shannon? That um, that was Tuesday. Tuesday. There you go. David Proud will be the new 
head coach, performance coach, high performance coach, whatever you want to call it, at uh, the Sutherland Hub, so the SLC Aqueduct Swim Club, uh, which is a, a, a big pickup. I'm a big fan of Proudy. He's a great coach and a, an even better guy as well. So uh, I know you're a part of that process, Shannon. I don't want you to give too much away, but you must be happy with that appointment. Yeah, stoked, to be honest. Um, yeah, we had two very good, high-quality candidates in the end, um, and uh, I was part of that that last um, last bit with both coaches, and they were both very good. Um, but I think David brings, you know, uh, a lot of experience um, at all levels. Uh, he's built programs before. And yeah, you know, just just pulling a coach out, a top coach out of Queensland, um, I think is a big feather in New South Wales swimming's cap. So um, I think he's going to, you know, help lift the standards yeah. um, across the state because um, one of the things that you know, and I think I've spoken about this before. You know, in Brisbane when I started, like if you weren't good, you were out. Like there was just too many good coaches around. And, yeah, we talk about that with athletes and upward pressure, and that's what we want to be doing with coaches. We want to be creating upward pressure. So, you know, um, Proudy is going to certainly um, deliver uh, in that. So, um, and, you know, bringing, yeah, and Chris Nesbitt's come in uh, yeah. in recent times. And he's brought a group of coaches in. So I, I really think there's some momentum starting to form, you know. So um, and I think the next this next Olympiad will, will be better than whatever this one brings. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not gonna go through his <clears throat> his resume, but obviously done a great job at up at Nudgee when he was there, coached onto the Paralympic team. Um, I think he's at TSS as well. You mentioned Nesbitt, so I think he's he's learnt um from chris as well so yeah. um yeah he's a great coach as i said he's a top bloke as well um i'm excited to have him come down and and join the team and and be on i guess you know um we, we had our we had our chat about the uh the performance hub shannon when it first came about <laughs> um you know and and you had mentioned to me behind the scenes like you didn't say who it was but you said what, what if it's somebody you like are you still going to be uh as passionately not a big fan of this idea so look i still have my ideas about whether i think it'll work or not or how long it takes it could take a while which is part of the reason we're going to have this chat today about building a program and what that looks like and how we go about that but uh, i'm certainly not um against proudy and the job he's about to do or death riding <laughs> on his job because he's, he's a top coach as i said he's a great guy and i wish him all the best and it's only going to be in new south wales swimming's best interest as well if he's doing well and that program's doing well right yeah absolutely i think uh from memory starts on the 25th of april so just after nationals um and i i think that really um says a lot about his commitment you know to the job um i've spoken to him uh late last week or early this week and uh He's biting at the biting at the chop to get started, yeah. um, but you know uh, he was up there in a hub program, um, so it wasn't like he had 
Sorry about that. What was that? We didn't even hear it. Someone oh, calling okay, it. that was the phone. John Shaw. <laughs> John, John, actually. John We've spoken even, to John this He doesn't even listen to me anymore anyway. He only listens when he knows I'm telling stories about him and someone tips him off about it. <laughs> and then he sees me on Porter and he says, hey, I've got to talk to you. <laughs> oh, John. Um, yeah, you know, like it wasn't like he, he was uh, in a no-bit job in Queensland, you know. He yeah. Was, yeah, exactly. You know, he, he was in a hub program. So, yeah. um um, but he really wants to build, uh, and that's what that's what we need. You know, coaches who want to build. And I, I know there was probably a couple of coaches who looked at the job and just saw there's there's just nothing there. So you know, and I know that they weren't interested in building. You know, um, so full credit to someone who wants to get in at ground level, yeah. and, um, uh, and and you know, I think. Mean, we talked in the interview about making sure that both candidates knew there's there's nothing there. Like there's, I think from memory, there's no national level kids. So, um, but I, I spoke to him about how long I felt it would take, um, and and bef- talking with Kirsten and and Andy from N Swiss, we're all on the same page, mm-hmm. um, and we made sure the candidates knew. Um, yeah, where we were thinking because you, you know, if you're expecting results in two years' time, well, you know, so yeah. um, that's not going to happen. But um, you know, so when you when you can sort of look down the barrel of five six years, uh, and someone still wants to to get involved, then I think you know that says a lot about that coach. So. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's good to hear, though, that there's backing, not so much from you, obviously, you, you're going to understand and have a good realistic expectation of how long these things take, but um, you and I both know sometimes behind the scenes, sometimes people don't have these understandings, so it's good to see everyone sort of on the same page Yeah. in terms of how long this might take and not just expect instant results because, hey, it's a performance hub and why, why wouldn't we just immediately have these uh, amazing results which everyone listening if you're listening to shannon rollison podcast you already know that instant results don't just happen anyway Mm. but we all know that there are groups of people out there usually in management that don't have that same understanding um so it's good to sort of see that you know he's coming in with with a lot of that understanding from everyone around him which i hope stays because you know everyone says talks the talk but bit of pressure coming from above and all of a sudden this pressure it always starts to go down a little bit doesn't it but um yeah it's definitely going to be a, a process that's for sure but if you know he, he's certainly got he's he's got the the right mindset I would say and yeah he's built for that kind of job for sure yeah totally absolutely um yeah well as I said we we didn't want to I guess talk too much about that sort of stuff because obviously I don't want to um prying to behind the scenes with stuff that Shannon uh, is has knowledge of or all that sort of stuff. So I thought, well, let's piggyback off that as a starting point to today's conversation, Shannon. And and let's say it was it was Shannon Rollison that was starting at a place, a younger Shannon, a Shannon is he's ready to go. He's he's <laughs> he's strutting about, he's he's got his headphones in, he's ready to go, he's excited, he's pumped. Um, he's back at Chandler again those days. 
Um, he's, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to he wants to prove a point. He wants to make a mark. And let's just say it's it's a it's a pool somewhere else. I don't know. Let's put it on the northern beaches or somewhere else or wherever. I don't know. Wherever we're starting somewhere fresh. Yeah. And it could be anywhere. Could be wherever Tasmania. I'm sending you to Tassie. <laughs> and and you go in and, and yeah pretty much you, you're starting with a, a you know a decent little squad but there's no you know national swimmers there uh to speak of maybe there's a couple on the cusp but nothing you know nothing super exciting there you've got some juniors but there's a bit of dissension in the ranks with the swim club and all these different types of things um what what are some of the things that you would look at, I guess. So we're, we're talking about how we're going to build this successful club. Straight off the bat, when you go in, what, what are some of the things that you do or you look at when you go into a new sort of uh, program like that? Um, yeah, you could, you could go off in any, any sort of direction, couldn't you? You know, like you could probably have a, a list a mile long uh, let me count. All right. I, I was going to have five, <laughs> yeah. but it's blown out to seven. Okay. So here's my seven top tips yep. in um, no apparent order uh, yeah, yeah. of importance, but these are the sort of seven things that I would do um, going in. So the first one would be uh, rules. And... The rules would be the swimmers. So you have swimming rules and you have parent rules. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, uh, a swimming rule might be no one gets out and goes to the toilet in between, uh, not in between, uh, during the, the set. Yep. They can go to the toilet after the set's finished in between the sets, but no one's just getting out at, you know, 30, 50s, and I think at the 17th one, oh, I'm going to go to the toilet now for yeah. six or seven. Yeah, convenient. Now, whether whether you're allowed to have those rules, I don't know, but <laughs> this is what I would be doing. Yes. The other, uh, an example of the parent rule would be come four o'clock, let's just say four o'clock is the start time is, um, and you finish at half past six at night, parents aren't talking to you between four and half past six. Mm -hmm. So you're there to coach swimmers, children uh, of the parents and not to be standing there talking to a particular parent for half an hour. Mm -hmm. So that would be my parent rule example. But, you know, you might have some others, obviously. But I think you've got to have rules um, and everyone knows them, uh, and and that's just going to help things go along smoothly, you know. Would you say it's important? <clears throat> not that you want to go out of your way to do this, but it, you know, you've you've certainly got to set your boundaries, as you just mentioned. Would you say it's probably important to start off a little bit more? I don't want to say prickly, but a little, a little bit more forthright in terms of these rules and 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 you know, yeah, yeah. Let you, people know first. Have the first impression of oh, you know, people just step back a little bit first before you invite them in. Is it because I've myself made these mistakes and I've learned over time where, 
you know, you go in with the best intentions of being trying to be super nice, but then you feel like, oh, oh I've let them in too far now. And now yeah. they feel like they're, you know, they're in this. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I think it was some advice I got when I started the AOS as head coach, um, you know, set the boundaries in, in the first 12 months. And, um, and this is working in, in a professional setting and uh, with your service providers and stuff. And uh, I said, oh, yeah, okay, uh, what do you think that is important? And they said, well, your, your voice will diminish over time. Mm. So, um, and that was very good advice and I did that. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, you set the, the rules right from, the, right from day one um, because trying to bring rules in is uh, a lot harder once you, you know, been in for six or 12 months. And I think when a new coach comes in, everyone has expectations that it's going to be different, isn't it? And they're, they're looking for, how well, how's this going to be different? So you've almost got this little green passage of, of um, it's like a free, it's like a hall pass. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. They're a little bit more accepting of change because they almost assume there will be some change. So whether yeah. they like it or not is yeah. irrelevant. They're, they're aware it may be a possibility. Yeah. And people, humans don't like change, do they? No. So if you've got that little window, take it because if you've been coaching for six months and then you start wanting to change the rules. So that's that's my first one. That's number one. All right. I hope everyone's writing this stuff down. Honestly, if you're driving, maybe not. Just make a mental note. <laughs> um, coach at all levels. So, you know, uh, and, and you know, I, I remember talking, bringing this up with um, in the interview process. Um, but I'm a big believer that the head coach should be coaching at all the levels, particularly if you want to start and and make change and build things up. Um, but it's something I've always done at all my clubs that I've worked at, and um, I think you'll get a better result. You'll get the swimmers that you want coming through. Your fellow coaches that are, you know, the team around you are all going to be speaking the same language, um, and which is, sort of gets on to my third point. Um, but, you know, if you're in it and they can see and, and you, you know, you can do a lot of coach mentoring when you're doing that, uh, working across all the levels as well, you'll be picking up on things that some of your junior coaches may not be picking up on, um, and you're getting across things quicker. So that would be my my second point: coaching at all levels. Do you find Shannon these days? And I just know from talking to lots of coaches, and even myself falling into this trap sometimes. I try and stay away from it, but I just have days where I think that age group coaches, head coaches, I should say, who do have a few coaches in and around them fall into the trap of feeling like they're, they're almost coaching a performance team where they need to only focus on those kids and they only yeah. turn up when those kids are training. And, you know, it, it almost, Sorry. yeah, it almost looks like they don't care about the rest of the program. And as I said, this isn't me talking judgingly. I've, I've fallen into this trap myself and then I sort of catch myself and, start to go back at four o'clock and grab a coffee. And as you said, just talk with the coaches. You don't have to be running the squad that session. It's still their coat. You know, you're not 
taking over because at the same time I don't want to micromanage any coaches either. I want them to feel like it's their group. But um, as you said, the parents and the swimmers in particular, especially those juniors, like knowing that the head coach is, is keeping an eye on them as well and cares. Yeah, I think not all uh, club programs, obviously, but I think there are some club programs where the head coaches, you know, made themselves, got themselves into a position where they're acting like they're in a hub program, you know, um, and I just don't think that's conducive to, you know, what really I don't think that's what the job description is. Uh, if you're a club coach, you it's it's different. It's different than coaching a hub program, so or a high performance program. Um, so, I also think that um, there'll be good kids in that program underneath your your top squad, and you know they'll be leaving, going elsewhere, and you won't even know it's happening. Like I I can remember, you know, you spotting a good 10, 11 year old. You you know you know that kid's good, mm. and you know. A little bit of pressure on the make sure this kid gets through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a little quiet word to Drew McGregor through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure this Jody Henry gets through. Yeah. Senior program. Yeah. So um yeah. So, so I just think you you got your your eye over everything, you're more in touch with it. It's a bit like running a business, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I mean that's why like yeah, you know, when we say this, I'm not saying that we need to coach day in and day out the juniors and and all the different squads and all that sort of stuff because i do get that at the end of the week it's exhausting (laughs) shattered might be saying that but i agree with you in terms of being in and around it i I just because as i said i I like to give autonomy to my coaches and my coaching team i want them to feel like that's their squad and that if i'm there i'm i'm there in in a mentoring helping capacity just to um, complement what they're doing and, and as you said, sort of pick things out. And so I think it's important to be in and around your program all the time. I, I yeah. think that's – is that kind of what we're more saying or you want them to coach the juniors like that's my squad and so should yeah, – well, should all right, let's put it this way. Should a head coach also coach the the silver squad as well as the gold squad? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, yeah, so – just listening to your talk then, I did a quick add up in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I was at Chandler or when I was starting up the new program out at uh, the north side of Canberra, um, so Chandler, we had uh, 10 sessions available. I was doing 15 sessions a week. Yeah. So I was coaching the bronze, which I called juniors, but I think now it would be called bronze. Yeah. Yep. And I was coaching the gold, which was my top program. Okay. So I was doing 10 sessions with goal and five sessions. So that's 15 sessions a week. Okay. And then what you had, uh, Drew or someone else in between with that silver group? Yeah. So Drew or before, you know, the person before Drew, which was uh, my brother, um, that, so we were both doing, we were side by side with the bronze group and then they would be, they were in, coaching the silver group while I was coaching the gold group. So we had two time slots, you know, four to five and five till seven. So. Okay. Yep. And did that week in, week out. You know, I know it's not the same. (laughs) 
But I think there's a few coaches that have got to, yeah, got to pull their socks yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get the – well, I, I get the both sides of that, but I can certainly see from your perspective how – and as I said, just I'll, I'll always just talk from my own experience – how we can fall into a bad routine and a bad habit of, as I said, only turning up when your top group is on yeah. and only being there when, you know, and so, as I said, the perception is, and perception is reality uh, in the end, perception is that as a head coach, you don't really care about the junior program and you're not really fussed. And as head coaches, we all know that we're, we're going to argue back and go, well, look, we, it's not that we don't care. We're busy. We've got lots of things going on. We're planning. We're strategizing. We've got this. We've got that. And and I get all that. But as we said, perception is reality. So it doesn't really matter what our explanation is. If the greater portion of the parents and squad programs think you don't care about what's coming through, then guess what? Nothing's going to come through, is it? Yeah. And also, um, look, also from a business model too, isn't it? You know, if you've got 120 swimmers in your club and you have six coaches, well, that this isn't going to work, mm. you know. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's numbers in the door. Everything's about – Staying financially viable, and then and it gets back to what's your goal? You know, I think I had that in the my five top tips. Yeah, you as a coach, what's your goal? Your, you know, my goal was, you know, one to keep my job, earn money, and that. But I wanted to be successful, and I was surrounded by successful coaches in the area. Uh, and if I wasn't good, I was going to probably lose my job. I mean, I went in there. Being told you got twelve months, otherwise the club's folding. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I just, you know, came up with, yeah, maybe, well, one. I mean, we couldn't afford to have too many coaches anyway. Yeah. So, um, but that's where I think you know, if, if your goal is is to get on an Australian team, and you're looking at your squad, and you're thinking, well, they're, they're pretty good. I'm not sure they, these kids are going to be the ones that are going to make this na the, the national team in the next mm. four years. Well, then you've got to look deeper down into your club. Yeah. Oh, these kids are pretty good. Mm. And that's where you cut your teeth, you know. You cut your teeth on that first group knowing, all right, that was a mistake. I won't make that again. All right. This, when this Jody Henry kid gets up into the seniors, I'm going to do this instead of that. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's it all gets back to the, all of that. What's your goal as a coach? You know, who's in front of you? You know, may, maybe you won't be looking at the club down the road and how good their swimmers are if, you, if you're looking to create your own. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I've never understood when you talk to some coaches and they're telling you what they don't have and, and they're looking at other clubs going, but, you know, see that? That's what we need. That that kid there, and I'm like, look at your own joint. There's probably those kids, as you just said, in there yeah. coming through. Just, you know, work on what you've got. Um, one thing, Greg Troy, I remember having Greg Troy on the podcast during COVID and uh, one of my favourite things he said was, and I won't disrespect him by putting it in an American accent, but he said, uh, I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, the grass is greener. And he's like, make your grass greener. Water your grass. 
So yeah. why are you looking at the easy option and looking somewhere else and the, the green, you know, that grass is greener. Water your own grass. Your grass Absolutely. might be able to get fixed if you just looked after it. So uh, great tip, uh, mate. What's number three? Uh, make sure all your coach team speaks the same language. So they're all doing the same drills. Um, you know, there's a, a lineage all the way through the programs. So as the kids are coming through, that, that, yeah, there might be some more difficult ones at the top, but the foundation and say your foundation uh, butterfly drill is two left, two right, two both arms, Yeah, you know, you haven't got some other sort of drill going on that they saw on YouTube somewhere and thought, oh, I might try this and, you know, so. Um, I remember I did that one. Sorry, Shannon. Funny story. I was starting, I was learning how to, I was starting coaching at Campbelltown and um, I'd gone and done my level whatever course and uh, and got some drills from, I can't remember who ran it, but anyway, I got some drills from these coaches and I came back and I've got this, the junior program and I've, I've, I'm, you know, I'm an outside the box thinker. I'm an innovator. I, I get bored. So I think oh, I'm going to do these drills. I remember Alan Thompson. He said, what's that drill? And I said, well, I saw on the weekend and I just got excited. I thought this actually works. And he said, no, no mate, that's not the drills that we do. These are the drills that we do. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Al. So yes, to your point, um, I've run into that myself when I, when I was a younger coach. Yeah, I get why we do it because we, you know, it, we get excited about these new like. Yeah. And at that time, I didn't really understand why he was telling me it needed to be fairly structured and speaking the same language as you say. Um, but I, I can assure you, I fell into line very quickly when when he told me to. <laughs> yes, Mister Thompson. Um, all right. So yeah, speaking the same language. What's number four? Enthusiasm. So being an enthusiastic coach and enthusiasm creates energy. Yeah. You know, so, so there'll be energy on your pool deck. You know, um, it was one of the things uh, that I felt that I could feel when I visited Carlisle. Um, mm. And I, I remember getting on the plane and, and just reflecting on, you know, the, the three sessions and the two days that I was there. And I just thought, wow, that was just great energy. And um, clubs have got that and uh, if, if you can create it. And, and, you know, hub programs with, you know, small numbers, it, it can be hard at times to get that energy, you know. It's just you, you need a, a mass of people. Um, and, you know, you have great sessions when the energy's up, and but you as a coach have got to be enthusiastic, and from that enthusiasm, energy comes. Yeah, can it? Um, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, can it work the opposite way for you too? If if the energy isn't isn't there, like if, if people are getting tired and that energy starts to seep through as well, or oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. So. Um, and, and that's where, you know, if you've got, if you're a hub coach and I mean, I've got more than four, but if you've only got four athletes and two of them are tied, half your programs. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and that's another plus of of bigger numbers. You know, you have two people tied and there's 18 in the group. Oh, well, 
you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got nothing to worry about. Yeah. So. All right, what's yeah. next? What do we got? Uh, uh, create a, a club goal, you know. So we've okay. talked about athletes having goals. We've talked in the past about important to have a coach, to have a goal, yep. you yourself. Um, but what? But create a club goal. And I think from that, you that's the first step in creating a team culture, you know. Would you say that's important to do working closely with the club and the committees um, because otherwise you may be pushing in a direction that others are not going or they don't see to go? I've heard in the past um, and I've been a part of committees and, and clubs where we had these goals and, and you know, with talking about why we were doing these things and then we're like, we're going to create change. We're going to get some more kids in and then we're going to build this. Someone genuinely put their hand up and they said, look, do we, do we want to get much bigger though? Yeah. And I was like, I need to just leave this table right now. <laughs> Cause here, here we are coming in with passion and enthusiasm and there's someone just going, do we want to get that much bigger? So, it's important to try and get the committee and the club on your side and all working in that same direction, isn't it? Because otherwise, you know, you can come in with the biggest goals and best intentions, but if you've got two or three, I wouldn't say knifing you <laughs> behind your back, but certainly going in a different direction and pushing that narrative around to all the other parents and people in the stands, it's not conducive to success. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I can remember at a time as you say, um, being on a committee and that, um, and yeah, we were trying to move forward and yeah, climb the the ladder in, in uh, the club world. And um, I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was probably somewhere in the late nineties, maybe um, very early two thousands. Uh, so probably you know around the middle of my. 11, 12 years at Chandler, um, and there was people there, you know, who were wanting to sort of pull it back and mm. and and talk at a lower level, so to speak. And I, I, I can remember saying, well, you know, if this is the way, if this is what you're thinking and this is where you want to go, well, why are we here at the Sleeman Sports Complex in Brisbane with – at that stage, I, I can only speak of then, mm. it was the most expensive water in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, and it was probably up in the most expensive water around the country. Why are we paying this $25,000 rain hire? Mm. Um, let's just go find a cheaper pool. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, so yeah, so I, I think it's extremely important and it gets to one of my points later yeah what's the next one uh number six newsletter parent chats you know so whether you do a newsletter i think yeah that could work and it does work um or you have parent meetings i've done parent meetings because i'm just i think i'm better face to face mm. um but either or or a combination of both so um I, I think is, that can pose down a lot of lot of issues. Yeah, which 
at times can be uh, difficult just due to time constraints, right? But it's important to try and make the time to get these things done. But I can see the argument at times where, especially the summer like we're, we're in now, where nearly every weekend you feel like you're at Homebush for two days in a row um, and then you're back into the grind of it all. It, it can be one of those things that kind of slips through the cracks. Yeah, you've just got to – it's just one of those things. It's like taking your medicine. you just got to do it. Um, otherwise, yeah, things can end up catastrophic. Yeah. <laughs> catastrophic <laughs> is that the word for the day. I'm always <laughs> talking about how we use too big a language and everything's a disaster or, you know, catastrophic, catastrophic heat wave coming, you know. <laughs> anyway, there, there it is. I've bloody yeah. used it. I shouldn't have. <laughs> what are your um... – what are your thoughts these days, Shannon? And I only bring this up because obviously, you know, times have changed a little bit and I, I don't necessarily agree with the fact that these days coaches are almost expected to be more than coaches on deck in terms of being a photographer, being a social media uh, expert. Sorry, um, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'll get to it. But just because you don't do it, this doesn't mean you – surely you've seen other co- – so what, what we actually get expected to do these days is get photos on deck with the swimmers when there's success or, or just on deck in general. Oh. So you're getting photos, well done, your little Tammy, there's your medal, and shh, that goes up on Instagram. Um, you know, here's the kids all sitting around together to put that up on Instagram. Team photo, let's get the team photo. Nothing shits me, apologies for my language, more than trying to put together a team photo, especially at a, a, a district weekend when I've got 75 swimmers. It's like herding cats, but we've got to put this team photo together and apparently mm. it's my job because people listen to you, Robbie. Can you just tell them everyone listens to you, which is true. People listen to their coach more than some poor mum up in the stand saying, could you please go down? But <laughs> I guess to my point, do you think that that newsletter, that sort of stuff has also evolved to the point where if you're trying to build a successful club slash program, you need to be upping your social media game as well because outside of, uh, you know, you're, you're talking specifically to getting information to the parents specifically in, yeah. within your club, and I get that. But do you think that even gets more broad these days that we need to be making sure we're getting information out each week when these meets and these events and the results are out there to promote your club, to promote not just the medals, but, you know, look, here's the team all happy and working together. Let's not take the photo where they're not talking together, but let's take the photo where they're all together. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? It's kind of evolved. It wasn't like that as much, I guess, back uh, in the day, especially without social media. Um, but these days, would you say that's that's a, an important part as well? Yeah, I think it is. Um, it's got nothing to do with making swimmers swim faster, though, does it? So, no. Um, you know, we, ha we had uh, everyone swam in Chandler caps. We let the cap do the talking. Um, um, yeah, yeah, I'd probably be a dinosaur when it comes to all of that sort of stuff. Not probably, would be. <laughs> but I can see how, you know, uh, everyone's on it. So it's all part of it. Mm. I, 
while you were chatting there and I was had images of you trying to herd cats. Um, <laughs> it would be funny. Can you get someone else to do it? Or, oh, you or can. With all the whole taking. No, well, well, mostly. So these days, most parents can't come on pool deck anyway. So um, you can't, people can't come down. Um, you know, you get your coaching team to help and, and do that. But more often than not, the coaching team and your assistant coaches and your junior coaches, <clears throat> they're not as um, passionate, let's just say, about these things as you are because this is your team that you're leading. So, you know, they, they certainly don't push it as much as you do when you say, you know, kids are fluffing about and then you just give them the, you know, give them the – Right, act and tell them to hurry up. So I, I know what you mean. But I'd get someone else to do it. More often than not, <clears throat> it's just easier if I just do it myself. Because <laughs> otherwise you don't get, then all of a sudden you get, oh, little Johnny wasn't in the photo. He didn't know. Oh, he didn't. Oh, my yeah. God. But, um, you know, it is a punish, but I, I get the importance of it, especially off the back of a week like state or you know, a district weekend and things like that. Because um, from a, a program perspective and a club perspective, um, you know, if you're one of 10 clubs that race that weekend and three others are posting on social media and saying what a great weekend it was and how well the, f the fantastic, I mean, you can write whatever you want. Let's be honest. Um, anytime I do a write up to my, um, you know, user groups and management teams, you know, you've got to, let people know how well you did oh my goodness we've had the best weekend ever i mm. know i never tell them you know what i tell you and how the weekend went to them it's this is fantastic and and everyone just eats it up and you can kind of do that on social media too but if you don't put anything out there yeah you know um and especially if you're looking at the demographic who are on social media it's either the younger kids or um parents who are scrolling through and looking so uh, might not necessarily make, you know, little Jenny jump over to the other club straight away, but if little Jenny's mum notices that club doesn't do anything, but that club keeps showing how much fun they have and how much medals they win, eventually, as uh, strange as that sounds, Shannon, I've heard people say that they've moved for, for reasons similar to that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, how how far you go with it all is... is, is it, the end of the day, up to you. I think. Um, I think as a coach in a, in clubland, you've got to you just got to absolutely accept that people are going to leave mm -hmm. and people are going to stay. And what sort of team do you want to have? And are you trying to appease everybody? Um, and there's people will get off the train when it suits them and go to another train. Uh, station and yeah. yada yada yada, and I think you've just got to stick to your plan and your goals for that club and what sort of club you want it to be. Um, and if people are leaving you because it looks like it's more fun on social media somewhere else, well, good riddance. <laughs> exactly. Now, there's a lot of people who heard what I just said and like, oh, they probably agreed with you. Oh, you don't need to worry about social media. I think these days it needs to be a, a factor. I don't think it needs to be the main factor. I'm not saying that um, your social media game has to be the best, but I, I think it needs to be present. Let's just say that. Um, do, yeah, but it could do your head in though, couldn't it? You know? 
Oh, it does, Shannon. Yes, <laughs> yes, it does. I can assure you. All right, what's number seven? All right, the seventh one and the final one is: as a coach, be on the committee. So now I've got a question for you. Are you. Do all clubs let coaches be on the committee? Well, change the rules if they don't. <laughs> We'll find another club. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, there are some out there that um, – but, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. Sorry to cut you off. Yes, be on the committee. Yeah, I think you. if you're not on that committee, it's just a matter of time before you're in trouble. So um, – and a couple of times I'd be uh, – you know, you'd be away on Australian teams and things like that and you'd come back and you just like – how did you get over here? You know, like <laughs> in three weeks. So, um, you know, or, mm. or two meetings. And, um, yeah, so, you know, as painful as it can be sometimes, you, you, you've got to be in and involved with that club mm. uh, just for your own benefit and um, keeping the direction. Um, and, you know, I... I can't remember back in the day, but I ended up, I was on the executive. Mm. So it was myself and two other people and two of us could make a decision. So, you know. Um, Similar to me now, I'm vice president at St. George because mm. vice is not, not, doesn't have to do quite, quite as much, but uh, you get a say, as you said, and you get to be in and around it and, Listen yeah, to the you conversations, know, like, put your two cents. Our club was a non-profit club, you know, like, you know, as long as we were paying the wages, paying the lane fees, money was going back into the swimmers, getting them to nationals and things like that. You know, the person with the most vested interest in that club was me. Yeah. I, I had a vested interest that that club went well because – if it didn't, I was out of a job. Yeah. Everybody else could just, you know, come and go as they please, couldn't they? Every parent could mm. do that. So there's no one with more of an interest in in that club being successful than the coach. Well, but, I'll I'll take you one step further in terms of that. I, I think there's no one who looks holistically across the program more than the coach absolutely. And, and the club because I remember I offended <laughs> I offended someone not that long ago. Uh, when they were trying to say that a coach shouldn't be on the committee. Mm. And I said, well, your thoughts and views on the committee and the direction are compromised. And rightly so, because all you have to think about is your child and what your child needs and what age they're at and what they are going through. And, and that makes complete and total sense. But there's no way you could be thinking about what the gold squad swimmers are needing or what the little Johnny in junior bronze is needing or, or what this – part of the so i'm not saying they don't get a voice but to to deny the coach a voice to me was ridiculous because the coach sees everything yeah and not only that you know um i was at chandler for 12 years and in that 12 years there was like at least three waves of three generations you know there was the the generation that they went in with, um, 
there was that that middle one, and then there was the end one, which was you know the two thousand to two thousand four generation. And, and yeah, those parents that were there, they were there in the late nineties as junior parents. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and parents aren't always on the committee the entire time they're involved in the club, but mm-hmm. at certain times they'll be on the committee uh, or, or, or turning up to meetings. Um, yeah, as their child gets more involved in the sport and and um, things like that. But you know, the thing that it amuse you, you know, someone had come in with an idea, and you're like, "All oh, right, this is the third, fourth time I've heard this." You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't work. Oh, but yeah. what if we just tried it? Yeah, we tried it. We tried it in '95. We tried it again <laughs> in '97, yeah. and we are not trying it again in 2001. Yes. You know, so yeah, you're the common denominator there, aren't you? You've mm-hmm. been there, yeah. And this is why, you know, clubs. What I, I remember looking at clubs that were the most successful had stability, mm-hmm. and that stability was the coach. And there's clubs that turn their coaches over often, they're never successful. Yeah. So um, you've got to maximise that um, experience and, and stability so that you're the only one that's there. Yeah. Swimmers come yeah. and go, parents come and go. So, 100%. Hundred percent, and you know, <clears throat> as I say, and when when I say the parents, you know, views and things are compromised, I don't say that as a bad thing. It's only natural that you would be looking out for yeah. your daughter or your son's interest and what they like and how they it affects them and what decision you're making now that's going to affect my son or daughter. And I get that; that's a natural reaction. I'm not against it. Yeah, and you're allowed to have that view on the committee. But my issue is when you have too many of that same view you're going down the wrong path you need you need multiple views and the coach the head coach has that view of all yeah and i think that's where you get back to the club goal and you can then remind the committee of that club goal and that overarching goal you know there's no i in team mm. you know there's all that stuff so it all interwines and and more often than not, it, it protects you and shuts. It, it just shuts down the conversation, doesn't it? Because you're getting back to that goal. Yeah, that meet what where we're trying to get to. So. Now, we're not going to go through another list um, just purely because I'm, I'm looking at the time and I, I know how long we've got. But um, are there any sort of traits that you you would? keep an eye out for in terms of when you're setting up your program big big do nots the red flags to you that you're like you do not allow that ever or you don't do these things especially as you're setting up um it could even just shannon be in training in terms of little things like you know you got to you know streamlining past the flags getting on the walls just little things, little things that you know yourself. When you walk into a program and you look around, you can tell within, you know, twenty seconds whether that that group is is being well coached in terms yeah. of those little things. Yeah, I I um the do nots. I mean, yeah, you're talking about push offs and all that sort of stuff. And we talked about rules earlier. Yeah, they're all part of the rules, isn't it? You know, yeah. uh, push off on your side, uh, 
one hand on the wall. But um, I reckon, you know, it was a thing we we never did when we were at Chandler um, and was filming. Never did it. Um, I think I might have started to try to do it and, and it lasted like two sessions or something. And I'm, I'm very glad I didn't because you're just going to end up getting accused of only doing it with these people and not with those people. So I look back and I just think, wow, I'm just so glad I just didn't go down that Pandora's box and and we just we just coached on feel. Um, it, you know, if, if there was any footage, it was done by the QAS or something like that, you know. So, you know, um, so, yeah, so I'm glad. So, you know, if I was starting up another program like that, you know, I wouldn't be promising, oh, we're going to do filming and we're going to do this and we're going to have that, you know. Don't promise the world. Under-deliver, you know. What's that saying? Under-promise de- Under and over-deliver. Yeah. I'd be doing, I'd be keeping that in mind, you know. Instead of over-promising and then not yeah. delivering. I saw a club advertising the other day about how you get individual programs. Well, that's not going to be a very big club, is it? <laughs> yeah, individual programs. Good individual Lord. programs, you know, daily filming. Oh, where's this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you've got, if you're trying to attract numbers, that's, yeah, that's you're not gonna almost virtually impossible to do, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah. So you're going to get yourself in trouble. <laughs> well, there you go. As per usual, we've we've helped. So hopefully, people had their pens out and their paper, and they're writing all those things down. Um, and to be fair, e- even if um, you know you're, you're listening and you're not just starting or building a club or whatever, and there's just little things that you can, I guess um, sometimes these things just make you think. You go, oh yeah, and that's some things you've let creep in. Maybe you did. You started, as you said, Shannon. You know, you always your voice started sort of diminishes over time so maybe you came in and you're hard and fast and now slowly you've just dropped your you've relaxed yeah, you, your we've all done it you're thinking oh maybe i don't need to go to this committee meeting i did it just last week <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> i'm just reminding you <laughs> did it last week <laughs> <laughs> oh don't let it happen again I know. How often are your meetings? Once a month? Once a month. Yeah, well, yeah, two. I just, I was looking at the weekend, Shannon. We had had Metro. I had two 12-hour days, and I thought, do I want to spend my Thursday night (laughs) sitting around? Yeah, that's how it gets you. Yeah. So there you go. See, this is why I liked it because I just tell people I'm the every coach. I'm, I'm just like everyone else. I don't sit here and tell you that I know the answers. I'm happy to be showing the the ways not to do it sometimes, but I get why we like. As I said, you know, you're looking at a, a 24 hour weekend of work, missing your family, you're missing out on this, you're missing out on that. I can get why people make those decisions. Now, if you don't have any of that and you've just decided, eh, I'm not interested. Okay, well that's different. I didn't yeah. decide it based off that, but I, I get what you mean, um, and it is important because all of a sudden, yeah, you get people influencing things and. Yeah, it's a tough gig, this sport. A hundred percent. All right, now I've I've realised, Shannon, that we've missed song of the week, and I, I've oh. got to, I've got to apologise to you. I don't know if you've realised this, but I actually cut off your song last week, and I didn't know in my editing. 
Is that why I couldn't hear it? Yes. So I was at home and um, and I don't know why. It's a, it's a popular segment now because my wife said, what was Shannon's song this week? So it's a bloody oh, I've got a good one this week too. Uh, do, I can, well, I can try and find a way to, to put it on for you. So give me a second. But um, So anyway, so I said, so, oh, oh. So no one heard last week's? No, and I actually had people come to me and tell me how – unimpressed they were that I cut it off because they were looking forward to it. So I'm going to today, <clears throat> when I put this you one out. I'm up with two. I know. Well, no, I'm going to go back and re-edit it and make sure it's on there. So, um, or I can put it on this one. We can maybe put it at the beginning of it as a, as a apology to everyone. So no, I accidentally cut it off, Shannon. I don't know why. It's the first time I've had a bad edit like that in a while. So. What's today's one? What do we got? Well, did you remember last week's? Yeah, drop the something, wasn't it? Drop the what? Yeah, Jane Armatrading. Drop the pilot. Drop the pilot, yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I cut it off. No one heard it. And they were excited for it too because they dropped the pilot. And a few people were like, oh, I haven't heard that song in ages. I love that song. And then I said, did it, do And then it went, today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by. And then I was oh, disappointed. Another ad. We love our sponsors, though. Um, so what's what's today, Shannon? Well, yeah, this could be timely, and, and I put this song on before we came up with the uh, this week, and, you know, I'd like to say that um, those seven tips, seven pointers for building a club, I don't think there's any secrets there, and the song of the week is No Secrets by The Angels. Oh, there you go. No secrets. Here we go. Let's find it. Uh, yeah, all right, I found it. I found it. All right, so um, <clears throat> two seconds while I get this sorted. Uh, what else you got coming up for the weekend, Shannon? This weekend, nothing. Yeah. No nothing. Is there anything on TV this weekend? Is the football back on? Is it Vegas oh, yeah, this weekend? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch that. You ever been um, to Vegas? No. Any interest in going to Vegas? Nope. I was going to say, I'm interested if you want a trip. <laughs> <laughs> i got a big interest in going to Vegas. Actually, it probably wouldn't be that bad a place just to see, you know. It looks like my type of place. Yeah. Might just get lost there, though. You'd be on your phone to my wife. I don't know where he's gone. <laughs> like the hangover. <laughs> but, um, no, it looks fun. I um, I watch for anyone, um, our, our Aussie listeners, if you've got Fox Sports or KO, um, go watch uh, Fletch and Hindy's Vegas trip or whatever it is, and it was really funny. And the, it's just Nathan Highmarch, Brian Fletcher, Matty Johns and Gordon Tallis over in – in Vegas just doing, you can imagine, you know, shooting guns and doing all sorts of things. They had this uh, roller coaster thing on the highest highest building in the world or whatever it is, and it, it sits up and then it angles down and just rolls as if you're about to roll off and then stops, comes back up, um, shooting guns. What do, you, do you like shooting guns? Um, haven't shot a gun since I was about 12 or 13. Oh, so, yeah, they had these, you know, machine guns and all sorts of things. And actually, one of the things you would have liked, they had, like, hot laps. Oh, actually, hot... I went to a pistol thing, actually, a couple of oh, years yeah? ago. Yeah. Like clay shooting? 
No, no, it was a team building thing with Swimming Australia. Years oh, ago. yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that right. I've got a few jokes there, but I'll leave, leave that right alone. <laughs> oh, dear me. But anyway, yeah, so Vegas. I mean, maybe we can try and work this into some sort of a work junket. Maybe there's a good swim team over there in Vegas that we can go visit or something. Live from, from Pool Deck. <laughs> Yeah, why can't, Vegas. why can't Bob Bowman be coaching in Vegas? Maybe you can do a camp over there in Vegas and we'll try and tee that up. Oh, good times. All right, so um, to all the listeners, thank you very much for listening. If you are listening to this now, you have already heard, I'm going to put Shannon's Drop the Pilot at the beginning of this episode for all those um, people that were very upset, including my wife. So apologies, I didn't mean it. This is the first time I've ed- made a blunder like that on the edit. So, um, But no secrets, the angels. Uh, let's get this started. For everyone else, have a good weekend. Shannon, enjoy yourself. Yeah, you too, Robbie. See you, everyone. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you, as always, by Pro Swim Workouts. Nico and the team at Pro Swim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, proswimworkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming, in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to prosumeworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to proswimworkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you.